Welcome to the Gonzo Chronicles. I'm your host, Cyrus Alderwood, the official spokesman for Generation X. Stick around. It's going to get weird, as always. Welcome back to the Gonzo Chronicles. Today's December 13th, and I'm one more episode closer to that 100th episode. Probably going to have a couple of guests on between now and then, as it turns out. So, we'll have a little fun this week and next week and going into the new year. Um, So, anyway, without further ado, what is happening in the news? Well, like I said, December 13th. If you've been following the news today, Elon Musk, I guess, got voted as man of the year, person of the year, whatever the hell. Uh, And he just tweeted out an hour ago. This is quite interesting. For you space nerds out there, I love this stuff. Elon Musk tweets out, SpaceX is starting a program to take CO2 out of the atmosphere and turn it into rocket fuel. Please join if interested. And uh, down below that, he follows that tweet up with, will also be important for Mars. Now, how freaking cool is that? And who said we needed NASA? Although I wish they would start putting funding back into NASA. That was a very important government program. But I'm glad to see (coughs) private industry and geniuses like freaking Elon Musk step up to the plate. And um, you know, it may not always be the greatest investment as far as people that are putting money in the market because of the volatility. But, man, I hate to bet against that guy's vision. That's like going against Steve Jobs, you know, and Apple. Um, some things you just you just don't do, you know, long term. So, anyway, that's quite fascinating. And let's see, what else is in other news? Let's see. Oh, yeah, I found a nice article from the Portland Underground Buzz. Right? This is from, an, uh, looks like the uh, writer of this article. Felicity Jolene Brisbane. Ever heard of this cat? You can look her up. But anyway, uh, this was uh, first ever, uh, first of a kind is the title of this. The first annual celebration of the Man Bun Pride Festival took place this weekend in Portland with a stunning turnout. It included college-age males from across the country and more than one celebrity showcasing their man buns and discussing its relevance with the culture. (coughs) Excuse me. The parade included giant paper mache heads of various races and sexes displaying the man bun and an actual marching disco band. I was surprised to see the, uh, I was surprised at first to see the first giant paper mache head of a black woman with a man bun bouncing down the street. But I realized immediately my toxic white privilege. Anyone can identify as a man if they choose and be proud of their man bun. 
Shannon Stewart proclaimed. I guess he was one of the onlookers. Shannon, a student from New York majoring in women's studies, reminded the crowd from the stage that the man bum belonged to anyone that wanted to identify with their movement, urging other white males to step aside and give women and minorities all credit for the movement. In a fiery speech, <coughs> event organizer Buzzy Fernandez invited leaders from the LGBTQ movement on stage as a gesture of solidarity. We all demand our rights, Buzzy said to the roar of golf claps and uh, cheers from the lingering crowd. Police were on hand to make sure that violent individuals were stopped before anyone could be hurt. Notorious talk show host Huckster Marlson was on hand and asked for the podium to spout a violent speech. He was beaten down soon after he started speaking. It's 2021. This is a quote from him. It's 2021. It's okay to be proud of your man bun, he angrily shouted at the leering man bun brigade. It's okay to come out of the closet. No one is taking your rights. He lied. He was pummeled and carried off the stage to the delight of onlookers. And uh, here's another quote. That man took time from someone else to speak. He violated our freedom of speech with his lies. He should be shut down permanently, one man said flamboyantly. Everyone deserves their rights. The festival came to an end with a surprise performance from the Weather Girls, closing out the event with their hit, It's Raining Men. Uh, the crowd quickly dispersed, leaving behind a mess to be cleaned by the city's racist Department of Sanitation, while event goers rushed on to their jobs uh, as bloggers and vloggers. We look forward to seeing what the reports are uh, from those onlookers. Yes, that was from Felicity Jolene Brisbane. Yeah, so anyway, from the uh, Portland Underground. So you can you can find that online somewhere. <laughs> the, read that to your dismay. Um, anyway, <laughs> Felicity Joel Brisbane. I am actually going to read an excerpt <laughs> from my uh, book, Tales of the Sunset Pub. Actually, before I do that, I want to jump on Facebook real quick because I left a uh, a photo up earlier. Just a little meme. And it said, Christmas presents to give to authors. Write a review of their book, tea or coffee, buy their book, no, really, write a review. Food, blood of their enemies, buy their book, and did I mention leave a review? A new set of pajamas, I mean, work clothes. Anyway, I thought that was kind of neat, but I just put that up, just kind of remind people, um, you know, keep independent authors like myself in mind. If you've read one of our books and liked it, leave a review. Those reviews go a long way to helping us. You know, we don't have a machine behind us like, Stephen King or Dean Koontz or Rest in Peace, Anne Rice. Uh, what a loss to the to the community that was. Um, but, uh, you know, keep that in mind as you read things. And if you've ever gotten a free book from me, I've sent out tons of them. Actually, I hate to admit it, I've probably sent out over 100 books. I can count on one hand the number of people that got a free book that actually left a review for me. And I always ask them, if I'm giving you a free book, just as a compliment, you know, just pay me back, write a review. That's all I ask. So uh, I don't know why most people are hesitant. It's like two minutes. Hey, if you like the book, leave a comment and a ranking. If you don't, then don't, don't say shit. <laughs> Just forget about it, right? <clears throat> but anyway, I'm going to read a little excerpt from Tales from the Sunset Pub. Now, one of our usual guests on here, Elizabeth Cooper, she read one of these short stories from this book about three years ago. 
and she did it on a Facebook Live. That happened to get over 15,000 views. Now, wow, what, what, a, what an endorsement for the book, right? Um, she was reading it in her 90s, so I can understand why every dude on the internet was sitting there watching her. Pardon me while I take a drink. But I'm going to read an excerpt from What Happens in Vegas. And for those of you who have this book already and want to read along, it's on page 93. The former members of the Church of Beer had been away from the pub for more than a week. To say they were an integral part of the business for the local watering hole was surely an understatement. The bartenders certainly missed the laughter, the silliness, and the tips left by the merry band of misled miscreants. It was Saturday night, and the close-knit group had been back from their collective vacation for a couple of days. It was a much-talked-about trip before they left for Las Vegas. It was a trip that had apparently pissed off girlfriends and wives before they even boarded the plane. The busted-up beer church set out for a grand adventure and had finally returned. Paul was the first to arrive at the bar. He usually strolled in with a lopsided grin on his face. Nah, not this time. His face was severely sunburned, and he held a chiseled look on his face that, could only, that one could only misplace for a plastic surgery gone very, very wrong. His walk into the bar resembled that of an old man with severe arthritis attempting to use an elliptical machine for the first time. It was a slow, methodic walk that took place in stages until he finally made it to the bar, took his usual seat, and asked for a bottle of Blue Moon. He only had one expression that night. It was an apologetic one. Holy shit, dude, Doug barked from the pool table in the corner. You look like you got baked on the third ring of hell. What happened? Fell asleep by the pool at the hotel in Vegas, he mumbled. It still hurt to smile or laugh, so he tried to tune Doug out as best he could the rest of the night. A few minutes later, Bane Younger hobbled in. Bane had been a staple of the Sunset Pub before it was the Sunset Pub. He'd been drinking in this location since he got his first fake ID. He had a slight drawl to his step and Climbed up on the bar stool carefully, leaning slightly to the side with a strained look on his face. When Andy brought him a beer, he couldn't help but ask why he was sitting like he was trying to break wind. Paul started to laugh, but that was quickly replaced with a terrible groan. His face so sunburned that he feared a smile might crack his face to the point of uh, making it crumble and fall off. Well, at least it felt that severe. Oh, F me, he wailed. The poor son of a bitch wanted to cry. Bane, who got his name because his mother wasn't expecting to be pregnant straight out of college, softly patted his friend on the back, being mindful of his severe burns. Andy, if you must know, I'm trying to be careful not to sit on my right ass cheek. It's a bit of a long story and not one I'm inclined to talk about just yet. Not while the wound is still fresh, so to speak, he said soberly. Not long after, the rest of their gang made their way into the bar for a typical Saturday night of tossing a few back, telling a few jokes, except for Paul, and hanging out with friends and neighbors. The gang was all together once Walden came in. His plane had just landed, and the pub was his first stop on the way home. Folks wonder why his trip lasted two extra days, but no one asked since none of them seemed to be in the mood to discuss the trip just yet. They looked like a war-ravaged group of college dropouts that never left the party, 
still hung over from their last wild night. Hey, let's get a picture of you guys for the photo board over on the wall, Katie said. They all gathered in front of the window by the dartboard. Derek, Walden, Paul, Raleigh, Bane, Savage is all. After taking a photo of them grinning from ear to ear, except for Paul, they exchanged a knowing glance of shame before they settled back at the bar to drink their dinner. A little over a week ago, they landed down in Vegas on the same flight, except for Walden. He arrived on a different flight, having got a buddy pass from his then-girlfriend who worked for the airline. They didn't wait until checking in before having their way with a couple of filthy bottles of bourbon. Before boarding, they hit the bar at the airport, tearing through a bottle of Jim Beam with Coke, before chasing that down with a couple more mixed drinks during the flight. They all had a proper buzz by the time they checked into their rooms. It's not that they wouldn't have started drinking heavily anyway, but Raleigh had succumbed to peer pressure from his family and let his older brother, Cam, tag along. Cam was that one guy that could never fit in anywhere and seemed to ruin a good time whenever he found one. So they started drinking early. The group had no problem splintering off once they got there. It would also mean that Cam could be tolerated in small doses as long as he didn't wear out his welcome with, with anyone for too long. If all else failed, they would go to a strip club. Cam was married and too much of a prude to bother going into the strip club. He'd probably call home first to get permission from his wife. They all gathered in front of the infamous Las Vegas sign for a photo, Walden grinning from ear to ear. He was there for two things and two things only. To bet on horse races and to drink until his liver begged for mercy. Derek nudged him after the photo. He was the wingman for the Arch Bushman. If he was lucky, he'd end up with some of Walden's rejects and maybe make a few bucks gambling on games or horse race around the, uh, or the horse races from around the country. Raleigh's brother, Cam, lit a joint and attempted to pass it around like he used to do with his friends behind the gym when he was in high school. What the hell, Raleigh barked, grabbing the joint and smashing it out. Right here in public, dude? You want to get us all arrested before someone can get laid? And with that stupid public act, the group split up and scattered to the four winds in search of liberty, frolic, and inebriation. Paul, a serious gambler in his own right, decided to let Raleigh take the first shift with Cam. After all, it was his brother. He should be the first to jump on the grenade while everyone else went about drinking, cussing, and sinning the great excess. While Raleigh and Cam went straight to the casino floor, Paul tossed back a couple of beers and went down to catch some rays by the pool. To his surprise, there was an outdoor bar by the pool. No need to quit drinking while he worked on his tan, after all. He stopped by and opened a tab to be charged to his room and ordered rum and coke. Much appreciated, sir. Just pick a seat anywhere by the pool. And we'll keep you in fresh drinks while we're here, while you're here with us at the poolside bar, the bartender said. With a toothy grin, Paul took his drink, kicked back in a reclining chair right by the water. The heat beat down on his skin, engulfing him in warmth that he could be felt nowhere else but in Vegas. Or shit, maybe it was the damn searing heat in Rome. But, whatever the hell it was, he was feeling knee-deep in bliss as he watched beautiful women swim and strut around the pool while he read from his copy of Jack Kerouac's On the Road. Paul finally put on his sunglasses when the sun reached its peak in the afternoon sky, rays beating down on him. The combination of the heat and the booze made him drowsy. He gave a drunken thought about going back to the room to shower before joining Raleigh back at the blackjack tables. 
but he fell asleep by the pool before he bothered to get up. There he slept, drunk. It didn't take Derek long to discover the infamous yard-long margarita as he and Walden strolled down the strip, drinking their asses off in the heat. Man, we're going to need some shade soon. And if I'm going to drink at this pace, I'm going to need to toss in an occasional bottle of water, Walden said. Before long, they ducked into a gambling room adjacent to one of the hotels on the strip. Both, shop, both stopped and looked in in amazement. Televisions were scattered all across the walls. Each one had a different game or event to bet on. There was an entire section that had closed-circuit coverage of every significant horse race going on in the country that day. Just what Derek and Walden were looking for. And, of course, if you gambled, then drinks were, on, were free. Shit, they were in heaven. Derek finished his yard-long margarita and switched back to beer from the tap. Walden decided to stick with the heavier drinks, preferring Captain Morgan and Coke. Walden could legitimately brag about having the tolerance of the devil when it came to alcohol consumption. It wasn't until later in the evening, after watching countless races, that he actually admitted to being drunk. Derek, on the other hand, was pretty well on his way to saturation after the margarita. Once he switched to beer, he broke the seal, so to speak. And he was jumping up like his ass was on fire every 20 minutes to run to the bathroom before he pissed all over himself. Man, we got to do this again tomorrow, Derek cried with enthusiasm through his sloppy, drunken smiles. They staggered back down the strip and finally found their hotel around 3 in the morning. The lobby was packed, and so was the casino floor as they stumbled through their way to the elevators uh, by the bathroom. Walden spotted Raleigh and Cam at one of the blackjack tables in the distance while he waited on Derek to take yet another piss. Raleigh looked about as serious as a guy plotting a murder as he feverishly worked over the cards in front of him and tossing more chips in the pot. Cam was rolling his eyes and looked like he was complaining and bitching about something. That was par for the course with him. That's why no one really wanted him tagging along on the trip. It was big of Raleigh to tolerate the annoying bastard so far. They only had three days out here in the desert. They got in the elevator with a small crowd of women from the lobby. What floor, sugar? One asked with a thick New Jersey accent as the doors closed. No sooner than she hit the floor numbers for the folks on board, she grabbed the middle-aged woman next to her, who was absolutely stunning, and kissed her like it was their, like it was their wedding night. Hell, it was Vegas. Maybe it was her wedding night, Derek assumed. When he looked around the elevator, everyone was kissing and fondling each other. Everyone but he and Walden. It was like a scene out of a porn movie. The doors opened when they got to their floor, and they jumped off the elevator to give the women some privacy, as if it mattered to them. Hurry up and get your key out, Derek barked. I have to piss again. You freaking serious, Walden growled as he fumbled through his pockets trying to dig out the key card. Hurry, 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 damn it, he said. Dance around the hall like a kid as he held onto his pecker. Derek spilled into the room like he was leading a riot straight to the toilet. Walden staggered in, incredibly drunk, grabbed a bottle of water in front of the mini bar. He took two aspirin, kicked his shoes off. That's when he noticed the soft moaning sound. Paul was laying on the cot, moaning in pain and covered in cold, wet towels. What the hell happened to him? Derek asked. Never mind, probably best if we don't know that we don't have to explain this shit to his wife. <laughs> Paul carefully snaked through the casino floor crowd the next morning, taking special care not to bump into anyone as he crept along, 
hunched over and grunting as he walked. No one, wanted, no one would want to bump into him anyway. He looked like a freak, like Gollum covered in ointment from head to toe. He got the stink eye from every woman that passed his, his by his glistening, greasy, sun-scorched carcass as he dragged his way to the table where Raleigh had been gambling since they got off the plane. Dude, what the hell happened to you? He said the moment he laid his heavy eyes on Paul. Man, I got drunk, fell asleep by the pool. Such a sound sleeper, and I had my sunglasses on, so nobody noticed that I'd passed out. Must have pissed myself a couple times because my shorts were soaked. I didn't wake up until one of the hotel staff came out to check on me because a couple of the other guests thought I was dead. You feeling okay? Yeah, I wish I was dead, he said through burnt, bomb-slathered lips. Have you been here all morning? All morning, all night. I've been here since I stepped my fat ass off the plane. Well, you look like shit, Paul said. Raleigh's eyes are bloodshot, but he still scoured uh, what was happening at the tables with the precision of a hawk. Why don't you go up to the room, get some sleep, come back later with some more energy, if that's possible. Raleigh was one of those rare guys that didn't need much sleep to survive and thrive, especially in an environment like Vegas. He often made his way to the riverboats to gamble or took a quick hiatus to Biloxi to gamble for two straight days, functioning only on adrenaline, whiskey, and cake. He was only in Vegas for three days, and he'd rather take a flurry of kicks to the balls than waste time sleeping. He made that very clear. Besides, it hadn't escaped him that an adult movie convention was in town. He had already claimed to have sat next to Jill Kelly, his favorite porn star, at one of the tables the night before, and lost because of her cleavage. He didn't really even mind because he fell in love with her the moment she said a few curse words. He made up the difference an hour later at a different table. Where's your brother? Paul asked. Oh, shit, man. The guy leered over me the entire aggravating, the entire night aggravating the hell out of me. Constantly bitching and complaining. Trying to tell me how to play my hand. I couldn't handle it. I told him to piss off. I saw Derek in here a little while ago. He and Walden ran into him last night. They went to see Andrew Dice Clay. Derek said that he got so offended that he said he was flying back home. I hate to break it to you, but your brother's a pain in the ass. Don't I know it? I didn't want him coming along anyway. He's like an albatross. He swoops right in. Squawk, squawk. I'm here to F up everybody's good time. Yeah, good riddance. I'm sure I haven't heard the end of his bitching about this trip. Raleigh and Paul found a fresh table and settled in for a few hours at Texas Hold'em, each in their own personal hell from the torment Vegas had already wrought on them. Paul burnt worse than a lump of coal, Raleigh already trying to make up for having lost a month's mortgage payment. You ready, man? Let's do this, Paul said meekly. All right, I'm going to stop right there on this particular story because we're like 20 minutes into this. I ain't going to tarry on too long. But if you want to find out how that leads to fired answers, the one guy burning his ass so bad, midgets, and all kinds of salve. <laughs> I encourage you to go to Amazon.com and pick up Tales from the Sunset Pub by yours truly, Cyrus Alderwood. I certainly appreciate it. It is Christmas, and that would be a great Christmas gift to me. So, um, like I said, if you like the books, uh, share them with friends. Uh, share it around. If you like the podcast, I'll do more than just read short stories soon, I promise. If you like the podcast, and share it with friends. And uh, I certainly appreciate you hanging out here with me again as I get close to 100 episodes.
that's pretty exciting for me. I just kind of started doing this thinking I just have a little bit of fun, see where it went. And uh, yeah, a little over a year later, 100 episodes into this, I've had a lot of fun. Anyway, thanks, folks. If you need anything from me, any suggested topics we talk about, guests, you can contact me at cyrus.alderwood at gmail.com or find me on social media. Uh, don't forget to go to amazon.com, check that out. And any other writer or author, that's, especially independent authors, that you've read that don't have many reviews, make sure you leave a review. Make their Christmas too. Anyway, if you don't tune in before the end of the year, I want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas. And hopefully you'll tune back in. If not, have a great, fun, and safe New Year. Talk to you down the road.